Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Betty Yawson in Accra, Ghana, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on the tragic death of Ghana winger Christian Achu, who was found dead last Saturday in Turkey following the earthquakes. We hear about his faith and how he did so much off the pitch to help prisoners, orphans, and others. It is his off-the-field quality that are making a lot of people pour in tribute, saying that he's a good man, and so why should he die, knowing very well that there are a lot of people that depend on him. That's coming up shortly. Also, we catch up on the Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Egypt, with Senegal impressing in the early stages as the first team to qualify for the quarterfinals. And Stuart has lots on the English Premier League as Arsenal sees the advantage again over Manchester City. That's coming up later on in the show, but our main focus this week is on the passing away of Ghana winger Christian Achu, who was found dead last Saturday in Turkey following the earthquakes. Achu played 105 games for Newcastle. He shone for the Black Stars at the 2014 World Cup and was player of the tournament at the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations. He played 65 times for Ghana. Olachu joined Turkish club Hataya Spor at the start of this season. He was 31. He was found dead under the rubble of his home. More than 44,000 people have died in the earthquakes. Now, Hataya Sport initially said that Achu had been rescued with injuries, but this position was later changed. I spoke to Ghanaian sportscaster Betty Yorson in Accra and first asked about the mood there. Well, Steve, I must say that it was a very sad mood, especially on Sunday when the body arrived from Turkey. I mean, people that don't even know Christian Achu but have heard his name, a lot of them, I mean, cried because of how sad it was. The fact that he has really contributed a lot on the field of play and also the good gestures that he has done for so many people, especially for prisoners and for orphans. And so people were actually looking at his work off the field. And that actually made a lot of people sad. It was a very solemn mood here in Ghana. And it has been till now when you go on social media, people still are talking about him. And I mean, there are many people that are also looking forward to when his, I mean, the final farewell will be done, when he will be buried. And that is what many people are waiting for. And then they can get to say their last bye-bye to him. So it's been a solemn mood from the day it was declared that his body has been found till now. And uh, even before then, um, there was a stage where it was reported that uh, he had been rescued. And then there were these following days where we didn't know what the situation was. Um, How did people take that? Well, I think a lot of Ghanaians were very hopeful. You know, in Africa, it's, I mean, belief is very high when it comes to um, our belief, our religious belief. And so many Ghanaians were very hopeful. Many Ghanaians, you, you go on social media and a lot are praying that Christian Achu will be found alive because of the first news that came that he's been found, he's alive. And then there was another U-turn that there was a mistaken identity. So that actually made a lot of people doubted when another news came that he his body has been found. Many Ghanaians wanted to see Achu, like the dead body, before they could believe that truly this news is genuine because of what happened 
previously. And so there are some people that are still doubting that truly it is not actually probably it's, it's, it's a different person that they are claiming is dead. And that's because they still hold on to the belief that he's going to be found alive. So it's actually that news gave a lot of Ghanaians some sort of believing that they were going to see Achu alive. And unfortunately, it didn't turn out as they wanted. And tell us about some of the tributes that have been coming in for him. Well, I think most of the tributes has been his off-the-field gestures. And we've had a lot of prisoners in our prison. I mean, he has really helped a lot of people that are sentenced for some petty crimes. He sometimes, some years ago, said that there should be a non-custodial law that should be passed so that some crimes that do not necessarily have to, I mean, lead to people being sentenced in prison. And and so he, he has been paying the fines of some of these prisoners. And that is what has made a lot of people talk about him, that good um, gesture that he's been doing. I mean, there is it's an orphanage that he's been supporting since the reopening of that orphanage. He's been giving financial support, every support that he wrote to the orphans in that particular orphanage in his hometown. And so it is his off-the-field quality that are making a lot of people pouring tribute, saying that he's a good man, and so why should he die, knowing very well that there are a lot of people that depend on him. Yes, he was a great footballer, especially in 2015 AFCON, where he was flying high, but People are not referring to his football traits. People are rather, I mean, speaking about his goodwill off the field. And uh, Christian Achu was known as a, a strong believer, as a, a strong Christian. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, most of his interviews that he granted, even his last post on social media, he stated that if he has not been thankful to God enough, God should forgive him. That was his last post on, on Facebook. And so he's a very, he's a strong Christian. He's from a, a humble home. Um, clearly you can see his background, his upbringing was a difficult one. And so he makes sure that anybody that he comes across that is struggling, there is this Nigerian comedian who is like a, a big comedian in, in Nigeria and the, when Christian Achu died, he posted on social media that when that comedian mother died, the Christian Achu reached out to him that he would want to support him till he completes the university and get a job. So he's someone that he know he has been through tough times. And so he's always willing to help people around him. And that's what many people are saying on social media. So you're saying people are talking a lot about his um, works off the field, but uh, as a player, Christian Achu was so exciting, a player of the tournament at the 2015 AFCON, uh, as you say, and um, such a, a talented member of the Black Stars. Yeah, he was such a talent. I think that um, Kwesiapia, who is a former coach of the Black Stars, he did a great job um, discovering Christian Achu. I mean, with regards to introducing him to the senior national team. And Christian, I should really live up to expectation. We talk about his exploit at the 2017, um, 2015 AFCON. He went to the 2019 AFCON. But unfortunately, at the point, I think he was, his move to Chelsea did not really help him well. And because he was not really getting regular time, he had to go to Newcastle. And then he was not really finding his feet at a point in his career. And I think that he had raised concerns 
games with regards to him not getting it needed playing time and at a point injury also came in and then at higher Tasper that he was hoping that probably it will be a new chapter of his life after he scored that goal, his first goal for the club. Unfortunately, things happened the, the way it did. But for for football, um, I think he really paid his duties to the Ghana football. And just finally, Betty, what do we know about uh, burial arrangements at this stage? Well, as it stands now, government, they have taken in charge of it. Um, his body has been deposited at the first seven military hospital, who is an army hospital, and also the family is in talk with government because governments want to give him a befitting state barrier. Um, and so he, they think that he has served the nation well, both on and off the field. And so as it stands now, the arrangement has not been known. The government says they want to come into agreement with the family to know when they think will be appropriate for them to continue with the, I mean, the funeral arrangement. But definitely government is willing to give him a befitting state barrier. That's Ghanaian sportscaster Betty Yawson in Accra. So it's touching and sad. And as we heard there, Christian Achu did so much off the pitch to help prisoners, to help orphans and others. Asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week. What are your feelings about Christian Achu's death? So we heard there about his tragic passing following the earthquakes in Turkey. Played 105 games for Newcastle and was player of the tournament at the 2015 AFCON. We heard about Achu's Christian faith and how he did so much off the pitch to help others. So what are your feelings about Achu's death? You can post a comment on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Always great to hear from you. Let's go to the Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt now. The group stage is nearing its conclusion and the four teams that reach the semi-finals will qualify for the 2023 FIFA Under-20 World Cup in Indonesia. The defending champions Ghana didn't manage to qualify and Senegal were the first team to make it through to the quarter-finals, winning their first two games in Group A. They beat Nigeria 1-0 and then Mozambique 3-0 where Pap Jallo had two goals and uh, just a couple of weeks ago he was starting for Senegal in the final of the Chan in Algeria, having scored the winning goal against Madagascar in the semi-finals. So he's a big talent, uh, shining right now at the under 20 AFCON is Senegal's Pap Jallo. Well, the hosts of Egypt are in trouble with just one point from two games after losing 1-0 to Nigeria. Egypt must beat Senegal to have a chance of qualifying for the quarterfinals. In Group B, South Sudan have a super chance of making it through to the quarterfinals. Uh, they have three points, while Congo and Uganda are both on four, and Central African Republic have no points. Uh, two of the best uh, third-place teams will qualify for the quarterfinal stage. And the Gambia won their opener in Group C, beating Tunisia 1-0, while Zambia drew 1-1 with Benin, uh, recording this before Friday's games with those four teams in action on Friday. Well, on social media last week, we asked who do you think will be the under-20 AFCON champions, uh, with Senegal certainly among the leading contenders, and Nigeria having a record seven titles, and the Gambia, Uganda and Tunisia among the 12 teams taking part. 
We had a big response on this one, mostly along patriotic lines, as you would imagine, and plenty of people got in touch from the Gambia, including righteous boy Ali Baba, who said big congratulations on winning the first game and for taking three points against Tunisia at the under-20 AFCON. Uh, Belong Baji says, I think my beloved Gambia can become the champions. Their difficulties in dealing with overhead balls and set pieces and miscalculations in the defence seem to be addressed. One can now see constructivity and relentlessness in their ways of playing, says Bolong. Teflan Jeng says the Gambia will win it. Uh, Tabora Sane says the young Scorpions will sting any team to death when they encounter them on the pitch. Uh, Lamine Mane also in the Gambia says it's Senegal and the Gambia to play in the final. One of those to win, says Lamine. And Ephratha Kamanga in the Gambia says Senegal is my first choice, followed by Egypt. Uh, Paul Taronka in Sierra Leone says uh, Senegal will go all the way to lift the trophy. And Valentine Izuchuku in Nigeria says Egypt and Nigeria to meet in the final. But Egypt uh, will win the day, says Valentine. Emmanuel Joseph Ekele in Nigeria says Team Niger all the way. And we have plenty of people getting in touch from Zambia. Uncle Dad Lee says uh, whether lose or win, it's a Team Zambia all the way. Chibize Trust says this time around Zambia will win the tournament. Uh, Luxon Bota says it's coming home. Go Zambia, go. That's just a few comments from those who are supporting Zambia. Uh, Godfrey Mugula in Uganda says that Uganda lost to Ghana in the final of the previous tournament, but this time we're taking it home, says Godfrey. Joel Lule Achola in Kenya says, I wish South Sudan all the best. What a great goal from Paul Messi Jawa. Uh, Joel, they're referring to uh, Paul Jawa's uh, strike in the opening 2-1 loss to Congo Brazzaville. A good nickname there then. He's known as Messi. Uh, Buai Panom also in Kenya, says South Sudan will win their first trophy. Then Shabiso Gasella in Mozambique says Mozambique will win. And uh, finally, uh, not feeling so happy about the under-20 AFCON is uh, Kaspi Kwaku in Ghana saying, oh, we, the defending champions, didn't qualify. Well, thanks for all of those contributions. We'll keep on following the tournament here on Planet Sport Football Africa. Show brought to you by Passion for Sport. Well, still to come on the show, Stuart on the English Premier League. Uh, are Manchester United now title contenders? That's coming up in a bit. But you can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. And to download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, lots happening in the world of African football. The Women's World Cup Intercontinental Playoffs uh, took place this week. Unfortunately, both Senegal and Cameroon didn't make it through. Uh, this was for the teams that finished fifth and sixth at the Women's Africa Cup of Nations finals last year. Uh, well, Cameroon beat Thailand 2-0 in the semi-final of their group. Uh, these games were played in New Zealand. Uh, but then they lost 2-1 to Portugal in the final of their group, despite Ajara and Chut equalising in the 89th minute. Uh, then a stoppage time penalty uh, put to Portugal through to the finals. Uh, for Senegal, though, their campaign at these qualifiers in New Zealand was not so good at all. They lost 4-0 to Haiti in the semi-final in Group B. 
So this means that while there could have been six African teams at the Women's World Cup finals in July and August, there'll be four, that's South Africa, Nigeria and Morocco and Zambia, who both qualified for the first time. Also in the CAF Champions League, action continues this weekend. A group games for the third weekend in a row. A big surprise last weekend as Al Ahly of Egypt lost 1-0 away to Al Hilal of Sudan. Al Ahly back from having finished fourth at the FIFA Club World Cup the previous weekend. And now this time around, Al Ahly will play at home to Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa, who've won their first two games in the group. And a first and second will meet in Group C. Raja Casablanca of Morocco play Horoya of Guinea, Raja having scored eight goals and conceded none in their two games so far. We're next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. And uh, Stuart, uh, so exciting, this uh, title race uh, in the English Premier League. Is it advantage Arsenal now? Well, it just couldn't be more fascinating, Steve. Two weeks ago, Manchester City go to Arsenal and win, go top of the table for the first time. Had the tide turned, we wondered. Uh, to be fair to me, I did predict that the top two had difficult away games last weekend, and Arsenal were twice behind at Aston Villa before pulling off, frankly, an unlikely 4-2 win. If you haven't seen the game, it was 2-2 as it passed into stoppage time. Jorginho tried a speculative long-range shot which hit the bar, bounced down onto the head of the Aston Villa goalkeeper, World Cup winner Emiliano Martinez, and into the net. And Steve, I have an interesting stat for you. The last three own goals by goalkeepers in the Premier League have all been in Arsenal's favour. Martinez, uh, Hugo Lloris earlier this season, and Josie Sa at Wolves. And to make matters worse for Martinez, he's an ex-Arsenal player. And Steve, with Nick Pope of Newcastle being shown a red card, this was the first time since 1995 that on the same Premier League afternoon, one goalkeeper considered a known goal and another one saw a red card. But anyway, to get back to Aston Villa Arsenal, Arsenal's fourth goal was the most ridiculous goal I have ever seen. Villa got a corner and every player went up for it. Arsenal cleared the ball and with nobody at home, Martinelli just dribbled it in from about 30 metres into an empty net. And incidentally, Steve, Tom Hanks was watching the game. But for most of Saturday afternoon, Manchester City were winning and Arsenal were losing, which meant that Manchester City were confirming their position in the top of the table. But then Forrest got a late equaliser against Manchester City. Yes, Steve, it was Wood who scored for Forrest, the new signing Chris Wood. So Manchester City's stay at the top of the table was short-lived. Arsenal's late win and Manchester City's draw, in fact, puts the Gunners back to two points ahead. Uh, Last week, Steve, I threw out a joking question whether Manchester United were back in the title race. Well, they now find themselves just three points behind Manchester City, who are in second place. And arguably, United are playing better than any of the other top four. And then with Tottenham beating West Ham and Newcastle losing at home to Liverpool, Newcastle have slipped out of the top four, being replaced by Tottenham. That brought to an end a 17-match unbeaten run for Newcastle. 
But Liverpool's two goals were really interesting. Scored by their two new strikers this season, Nunes and Gakpo. This weekend, it's Arsenal away to Leicester, Manchester City go to Bournemouth. And the bottom of the Premier League remains just as tight, with five clubs separated by just three points, or ten clubs separated by eight points. And having parted company with Nathan Jones, Southampton won at Chelsea. Can you believe it? Winning at Chelsea, 1-0. Bournemouth, by the same score, won at Wolves, and Everton beat Leeds again 1-0, leaving the bottom three currently West Ham, Leeds and Southampton. Bournemouth's 1-0 win was their first clean sheet away all season and Everton 1-0 winners over Leeds and their goal came from Seamus Coleman and it was his second goal in 97 league games and would you believe it, both goals against Leeds. Southampton's goal was a James Ward-Prowse direct free kick. That was his 17th Premier League free kick goal. Only one person has got more than that, a certain David Beckham on 18. Intriguing games at the bottom this weekend. Leeds United at home to Southampton and West Ham at home to Nottingham Forest with West Ham, as I said, having just slipped into the bottom three. For the second time this season, Ruben Sellers find himself temporary manager of Southampton. He was assistant to Ralph Hasenhutl. Then when Hasenhutl was fired, he was uh, in charge until Nathan Jones was appointed. And now he's back in temporary charge until a replacement is found. And I know you want to know this, but Selles is the first Premier League manager with a palindromic surname. That means Selles spells the same way forwards as backwards. Well, amazing and intriguing, Stuart. And um, going back to Nottingham Forest, a very good uh, comeback season for them in the top flight. Uh, Five points above the relegation zone right now. Well, I think there's so much to admire about Nottingham Forest as a club. Promoted last season, they signed 28 players in the close season and the January window. Yes, I said 28. And Forest from late August to early October, lost five games in a row, found themselves rock bottom of the Premier League, and many clubs would have fired manager Steve Cooper. But Forrest stuck with him and instead fired the recruitment staff, saying that they had bought too many players and the wrong players. And in 2023, Forrest are currently on a run where they've lost one in seven. And as you say, are five places and five points above relegation. And one of the things I love about it is that despite buying 28 players, Brennan Johnson, who's 21 and has been a Forest player since he left school, has scored five league goals already this season. And of course, Forest have six applicants in their squad. Serge Aurier and Willie Bolly from Ivory Coast, Emmanuel Dennis and Awani from Nigeria, and two from Senegal, Kuyati and Niakati. Uh, great to see a club having patience with the manager, and they're now getting the reward. Yes, we'll see if Nottingham Forest uh, can survive. And, uh, well, excitement once again in the UEFA Champions League uh, this week, Stuart. Uh, what do you make of Liverpool's 5-2 home loss to Real Madrid? See, we did say last weekend how much we were looking forward 
to this game. And sometimes the big games disappoint, but boy, did this one deliver. I mean, he couldn't have made it up. Liverpool go ahead in four minutes with an audacious flick from the heel of Darwin Nunes. And then Courtois, officially the best goalkeeper in the world, fumbles a back pass, it bounces off his knee, and Mo Salah makes it 2-0. Two goals up in 14 minutes against the European and World Champion Club. But, you know, they say, Steve, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And Real Madrid just continued to play calm football, and Liverpool imploded. From 2-0 up, they lost 5-2. It was a shocking night for Jurgen Klopp, and underlines how much more work needs to be done in rebuilding the Liverpool team. I mentioned earlier how they, their two new strikers had been scoring, but somehow they've got to shore up the defence and the defensive midfield. And with Liverpool effectively out of the Champions League now, and currently in seven points off fourth place. The team that was not only runners-up in the Premier League, but runners-up in the Champions League last year, are in real danger of not being in Champions League next season. The other games uh, this midweek were Leipzig drawing 1-1 with Manchester City, with Riyad Mahrez scoring, and Inter Milan beating Porto with Lukaku scoring. And Napoli won 2-0 at Frankfurt, with the impressive Nigerian Victor Osiman scoring again. Yeah, what a season he's having. And uh, what else have we got for us, Stuart? Well, Leeds United have appointed Javi Gracia as their new manager until the end of the season to replace Jesse Marsh. Um, but it's not certain whether he will be in charge this weekend for the crucial game against Southampton as he needs a work permit. He's Spanish and has previously worked in England as manager of Watford for just under three seasons. Watford were relegated, though, in his final season, and he had parted company before that. Now, Steve, I prepared a piece on how Romulo Lukaku, you know, whose father played for Zaire, had not scored at home for Inter Milan for 635 days, you know, having been so successful in his first spell. And blow me, but didn't he score last weekend in Serie A and then scored again midweek in the Champions League. So it looks as if Lukaku's form is coming back to him. Now, when Chelsea lost to Southampton last weekend, that was Graham Potter's 17th league game in charge. Now, his record is a total of 21 points, having lost six and drawn six and only won five. And if you look at the last 19 managers of Chelsea, only two of them have got less points than that 21 in their first 17 games. And compared to Potter's 21, you've got Antonio Conte, Carlo Angelotti, Hus Hiddink and Jose Mourinho, who each picked up 40 points or more in their first 17 games. So I think that Potter really is under pressure. Two interesting stats from Manchester United's 3-0 win over Leicester City. Marcus Rashford has scored 16 times in 17 games since the World Cup. And on Sunday, David De Gea kept a clean sheet for the 180th time, equaling Peter Schmeichel's record. Steve, have you ever wondered what does a manager do when he's fired and suddenly has a free weekend? Well, Nathan Jones, Southampton manager until last weekend, turned out for Cranbourn FC in the Dorset Football League. That's the 12th tier of English football. 
and the 49-year-old set up the first goal before being substituted. And I've got an odd stat. I don't know what we make of this, but Liverpool have now gone 30 Premier League games since they were last awarded a penalty, whereas Fulham and Manchester City have each had seven penalties during that same period. wonder why, Steve. Yeah, strange indeed. Uh, I guess that's just the way it goes. Thanks, Stuart. So this weekend in the English Premier League, there's a late game on Friday night, a Fulham playing Wolves. Uh, then on Saturday, Everton against Aston Villa. Uh, both of those teams are seeming to be improving at the moment. It's Leeds against Southampton. Arsenal, the leaders, playing away to Leicester. West Ham against Nottingham Forest. Manchester City away to Bournemouth. And in the late game on Saturday, Liverpool away to Crystal Palace. Just one game on Sunday, that's Tottenham against Chelsea in a London derby. Uh, Then on Wednesday, Arsenal play their game in hand at home to Everton and Liverpool against Wolves. Arsenal currently two points ahead of Manchester City, uh, so the picture could change. And before we go, a reminder of our question on social media this week. Uh, What are your feelings about Christian Achu's death? Uh, We heard from Ghana about the reaction to the tragic death of the Black Stars winger Christian Achu, who was found dead in Turkey following the earthquakes which have claimed more than 44,000 lives. Achu had a long stint at Newcastle. He was player of the tournament at the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations and we heard about his Christian faith and how he did so much off the pitch to help prisoners, orphans and others. So asking what are your feelings about Christian Achu's death? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Betty Yorson in Accra, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.